This is RJ Carbone, and you're listening to BD4. Anthony for three. Bang! That one goes this down. one by Mattingly. Oh, hang on to the RJ Barrett does it again from down. He is just tearing the Orioles apart. It's good. Oh. It's good. Randall gets the bounce, and he ties the game. Houston ducks under. Got it. Creates and shows some dexterity as well with the left hand. Yankees win! Yankees win! All right. Another loss. (laughs) Um. uh, You know, it wasn't even that I was tired last night because it was a Milwaukee game so it was a 10 p.m. start here on the eastern on the east coast honestly I had the energy to you know in terms of just being late that wasn't what stopped me from recording and waiting until today which is Saturday the 29th of January what stopped me was just that this team continues to just make me miserable. Unfortunately. So it was the same old, um, yeah, they, they played harder than when they played against the Heat. But it's kind of hard not to when you see how pitiful they were in Miami. And is that the standard now? Is that just, are we going back to moral victories? Is that it? So they lose again. And I guess we'll talk about it. (laughs) Now in this episode, episode 315, we're not only going to be talking Knicks, But it's MMA Saturday. It's MMA Saturday. We'll be talking about UFC 270. Obviously, there was no event tonight. Is no event tonight. But later in the show, we're going to have a couple of guests on. Um, I'll put that in there once we have our conversation. We haven't gotten together yet, but I'm definitely going to have at least one guest. Anthony should be here. And then maybe a couple of others. We'll talk about 270 and and what's to come. Because there's a lot coming too in the UFC. So MMA Saturday as well as Knicks Bucks recap. Those two things are going to be the topic of conversation for this episode. In two different halves. But we'll start with the Knicks. Yeah. So before we get into everything. The usual boring stuff. You can fast forward if you'd like. Um, Be sure to subscribe to this show. If you're not subscribed to BD4. Where there's no better way to get your Yankees and Knicks analysis. And we do MMA now too on the weekends as I just said. Be sure to subscribe. Apple Podcasts. Spotify. SoundCloud. Anchor. Google Podcasts, and the many other listening platforms. You can also watch the video format of this podcast on YouTube. So subscribe there if you want to watch the podcast. 
follow me on social media. I'm at RJ Carbone on Facebook. I'm at Rob J Carbone on Instagram. That's the handle. <laughs> Sorry. It's just draining me. Just completely drained from this team. Because of this team. But don't worry. I will not go on another hiatus like I did when the Yankees drained me mid-season 2021. <laughs> but um, I'm just going to be fighting through this instead. So let's head to our first break. And when we return from break... We'll get we'll get into this Knicks Bucks game. Talk about some important matters and all that stuff. Stay with us. Hey guys, so I've noticed that only a small portion of you who watch BD4 on YouTube are actually subscribed. So if you do enjoy this podcast and maybe you want to be notified when new episodes release, I'd consider subscribing and also hitting that notification bell. This way, we can help the channel grow, and you won't miss a single episode of BD4. Alright, let's get back to it. So, if you guys want to follow me on social media, be sure to do so right now. I'm on Facebook at RJ Carbone. And I'm also on Instagram at Rob J. Carbone. Once again, if you want to find me on Facebook, that is RJ Carbone. Instagram at Rob J. Carbone. Um, so let's get to it. Let's not waste any time. I just want to get right to it. The Knicks, concluding their three-game road trip, going into Milwaukee, having lost two in a row at the time, was it? I don't know. don't really think I care anymore. They just continue to lose. And this one was another loss. They took this loss, 123-108. to Let's pull up the stats real quick here on the screen. All right. Yeah, it, it was, again, it was an expected loss, especially when, when Thibodeau made, once again, 0, 0.00 changes into the starting lineup. Um, a wire-to-wire -wire loss for the Knicks, who not only trailed after every quarter, but they never led at any point in the game. Knicks had 10 fast break points. The Bucks had 19. That had a lot to do with it. But once again, the free throw game. There was a huge disparity. It's become, I want to say middle school caliber at this point. But honestly, that's not being fair to youth basketball. Because I really truly believe they can put up a better performance at the line. The Knicks shot 57% on their foul shots. And they took 28 57%, 28 free throw attempts. 
Meanwhile, Milwaukee shoots 31 free throw attempts, and they shoot 87%. Mitchell Robinson goes one for six, which sadly was not shocking. Every time he goes to the line, every time last night he went to the line, I said to myself, he's missing both, and he practically did. It's funny, I remember when fans, I think I mentioned this once, once or twice, um, Fans were geeking out because he started his career shooting 71% at the free throw line in his first 10 games of his rookie season. I remember the exact number. And I was kind of buying into it. All right, maybe there's something. Clyde kept reminding us, oh, he's, he's not a bad free throw shooter. And then there was the whole shooting three-pointers in an open gym a couple of years ago. So people are actually thinking this guy had an offensive package outside of rim running. But his shooting is absolutely egregious. One for six last night at the line. He tried defending Giannis as best as he could, too. So I'm not going to rip him for this one. But you can't go one for six. I don't care who you are. You don't go one for six. Shaq, Steph, I don't care. Giannis poured in a casual 38 points, 13 boards, 5 assists. Shoots like, I don't know, 60-something percent, I think. Meanwhile, our franchise guy drops 9 points, so that was nice. But as you can see, if you're watching the podcast on the screen here, Evan Fournier leads with 25 points. Fournier, a game after calling out Thibodeau, basically in his press conference about, you know, needing to switch up the game plan, their attack on offense with the mismatches, and, you know, they're switching on the other end. He goes out and drops 25 points, 7 rebounds, goes 10 for 19, shoots 5 for 12 from deep. Has himself a good game. R.J. Barrett poured in 23 points. Um, and leading the bench, leading the bench in points, Quinton Grimes. So there were some positives. But in the end, the Knicks can't get it done. The Knicks were 35% on 43-point attempts. The Bucks 33% on 43-point attempts. So they were even there. And the rebounding was fairly even. The Knicks 45 boards to the Bucks 47. So all in all, to me, it came down to the free throws. And the Bucks, their pace and transition play was too much to handle. Um, despite you know us keeping up on the arc and on the on the glass, I will say the Knicks starters, the starting unit, actually did a better job tonight of of at least at times slowing down the pace um, to their own for a little bit. I know they're very slow pace, and they actually slowed Milwaukee down and made them play half court ball too. Um, statistically, the starters were better than the bench plus minus wise they were minus 2 to the 5 man benches minus 73 now I don't think it was that big of a difference because the plus minus can be deceiving but I do think they did put in a better overall effort outside of Julius I thought everybody else had their moments or played well 
Um, and then tonight's indicative play, maybe we'll have it in, or last night, maybe we'll have an indicative play of the night every night now, because it feels like there is one. Tonight's indicative play was that Giannis overhead bounce pass out of a trap, leading to a Grayson Allen three from the weak side. <laughs> it was ridiculous. It just perfectly, you know, we get one of those nightly. We really do. It, one of those microcosmic possessions that just perfectly depict the Knicks 2022 season. So that was the one for this Bucks game. Out the gate, the first quarter, it was an outstanding start. Julius Randle turns it over. Ex-Nick Bobby Portis answers back with a corner three-point make. Randle's efforts early were pretty egregious. Didn't score most of the first half. And his defense was incredibly lazy. The Bucks kept bringing transition three-pointers on us. Uh, you know, Portis right away. Then Giannis hit one. It's 5 nothing out the gate. So we're at 6-0. The Knicks finally got something going when Kemba started pacing the offense. And Fournier found his rhythm with a couple of buckets early. Robinson was heavy on the boards. So the Knicks offense was working early. They had 30 points in the first quarter, but the Bucks were just moving way too fast. Full court pace, incredible ball movement in the half court. They had 10 assists on 16 makes, so they won the first quarter 39 to 30. Second quarter, you had the early Nerlens Noel flagrant foul that was reviewed. Um, then Milwaukee just continued to rain three point makes on us. Our defense was pitiful. The Bucks had 50 points within the 9-minute mark. 9 minute and 3 seconds. They had 50 points. So 14 minutes and 57 seconds into the game. Am I right there? Yeah, 14, 14 minutes and 50 se 57 seconds into this entire game. Milwaukee's already got a 50 spot. The Knicks were still going offensively. Led by the bench, once they came in, you know, Burks with an early basket in the second, and then a few baskets from Grimes and Obi a little later on. Hey, Grimes knocking down, a, I think, three triples in the second quarter. Then Toppin getting creative off the dribble for a couple of slams. And the Knicks did wrap it up with RJ getting on the board some, and then Randall finally getting a pair to fall in succession. Finishes with four or five points maybe at the half. And it's also worth noting the Nick defense did step up as the quarter progressed. Um, after those first couple of minutes, they kind of figured it out. At least for the second quarter. They entered halftime down 67-63. So not the worst in the world considering how sloppy the Knicks were with 12 turnovers and how poorly we played defensively and slow we were on, on our defensive rotations for a good portion of the first half. So to be down four points wasn't the worst. Third quarter comes. You know, the offense slowed down for each team in the period. It really did. The Bucks were just one for nine on their three-point makes. The Knicks stopped turning it over. They were getting more possessions in, but they stopped hitting their shots as the rate slowed down for them. They did get a few more baskets from Fournier than RJ and Randall getting some more to fall. But um, 
that was it for Randall's night. He didn't score anymore after that. He didn't shoot anymore. And Burke slays one in to cap the third quarter off. The Knicks enter the fourth, down five points. In the fourth quarter, Burks gets another one to fall at the top of the period. This one from three. The Knicks pull themselves within two points. Very close, right there. But that was as close as they get. They never led. Giannis gets hot. He throws down a dunk. Then knocks down a pair of fluky jump shots. His jumper was even going last night. The Knicks defense lost its way again. Slow on rotations, as I mentioned. Guys were just missing assignments, and the Bucks killed us on the glass in the fourth quarter. They destroyed us on the glass, going 20 rebounds to 8. 20 to 8 in the fourth quarter alone. That's horrible. Um, the Knicks did. They were down 16 points, and then like midway through the fourth, they pulled it to, like I think it was a two-point game again. or It was close. Because they had another fake comeback where RJ was hitting some free throws. And then outside of that, you had Fournier with a pair of three-point makes. It was an 8-0 run. Um, the Bucks were missing. We had like a slim window there. But Budenholzer calls a timeout. And they answer back strong with a big run to close out the game. And that was it. The Knicks lose. They have now lost six of their last seven games. So since that span, you know, remember that span where they were looking pretty hot? Remember those days? It was like 9 out of 12 since Christmas Day or some shit like that. That was fun. I actually don't think, I don't think we've had a single lead once in the past two games. I think we've been trailing for 96 consecutive minutes. Ain't that something? Holy shit. My goodness. Um, it, it's just your same... Typical things, man, and we'll go over it as soon as we get back from break. Stay with us. So BD4 is on so many platforms to listen to. You can listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, SoundCloud. You can listen to us on Spotify. You can find us on our sponsor, Anchor and many other listening platforms as well, wherever you get your podcast. But we are also available to watch on YouTube. So if you want to watch us on YouTube, go subscribe there. But if you prefer to listen to us, again, many, many, many listening platforms. Just be sure to subscribe, download, give us a rating, a review, comment, share the podcast, and all that fun stuff. This is BD4 where there's no better way to get your Yankees and Knicks analysis. <laughs> All right, let's do it. Listen, I, I hate to keep doing it. I hate to keep bringing him up. Uh, Thibodeau. It's the same typical crap with Thibodeau. Lack of flexibility. You know, first off, the same exact starting unit out there. This, this starting unit has the worst... I was looking this up. I saw it in an article earlier. It has the worst scoring differential in basketball. That's starting five last night. The worst scoring differential in basketball. Of any five-man unit playing at least 300 minutes this year. Of any five-man unit. 
<laughs> so, does that not warrant a little small adjustment? Like, can Grimes get at least... Can he get a crack at the two-guard, please? Sunlight sees their only shooter and or perimeter defender out there. He was great last night. He's going to make rookie mistakes. But, I mean, how often do we say with Kemba and Fournier that they're the only shooters and perimeter defenders out there? We certainly don't say that often. Kemba had another tough night defensively last night. You know, he was undersized again versus Holiday. That's a big problem with him. He's just undersized. Uh, but he but he continues to also make some very bad rotations. Second quarter comes, and, and this was more on the bench. Uh, the Knicks' second unit allowed... There was, there was like a span where four possessions uh, on three of them, the Knicks' second unit allowed three three-point makes in four possessions. So Thibodeau calls a timeout, but you know, once again, after the timeout, how often do we see it where he reinserts the same exact lineup? It's purposeless. Also in the second, Obi again, same shit. He comes in, he's a spark plug. He, he you know, he does that fake he fakes that dribble handoff, throws down the slam, couple of dunks in there. Now, he did get an extended look in the second quarter. But overall, Obi Toppin, just 14 minutes in a game where Randall was once again horrible. Now, Obi did have a couple of mistakes. He had a few you know, early leak outs, um, and that hurt us on the break some, and that you know hurts our rebounding sometimes. But other than that, he was pretty good, man. He was good enough to warrant more than 14 minutes. It's every game. I don't know why I try and uh, I don't know why I think it's gonna change. What does interest me is we are hearing these Randall and Obi rumors at the same time. Thursday, you hear that the Knicks are quote unquote open to shopping Julius. They're open to, open to shopping Julius. And then on Friday, yesterday, before the game, you hear that they're they're set on keeping Obi and IQ. So maybe that's, you know, the sign of, of a change in plans here. Maybe they're going to keep their number, their, what is it, number eight draft pick from the lottery last season. I don't know. And try to do something at the deadline with Julius who Randall <laughs> plays an entire 37 minutes. He was a no-show defensively. Now, he did have 11 rebounds. Uh, hooray. But that's the standard. There's still no activity. Offensively, 9 points, 3 assists, 4 turnovers. Now, it wasn't, he wasn't struggling. No, he didn't get the 9 points because he was struggling to shoot the ball. But he was just very unaggressive. And that is an issue. He's not even attacking. You know, your simple Randall fanatic might say, well, you guys complain when he shoots too much, complain when he doesn't. That's not the key. The key is his IQ. It's about when you shoot. Not always how much you shoot. When you shoot. That's the issue. He's passive out there. You know, when he's supposed... It's He's not attacking when he's supposed to attack... And he is attacking when he's, you know, he's 
it's the opposite of what you're supposed to do with him. He's checked the hell out, dude. He doesn't know when to pass. Doesn't know when to shoot. He shoots when he's supposed to pass and he passes when he's supposed to shoot. That's what I was trying to say. Passing out of mismatches. His basketball IQ, that's it. It's That's the whole thing, you know? It, it's no one to shoot, no one to pass. Make those quicker decisions. And he had another one of his... Um, he had a really good quick decision last night. In the half court, he gets the ball and he sprints to the rim and throws it down. But it, it's just not enough. It's awful. It's awful. He's just so passive right now. He's going through a really... Uh, it's mental. It's definitely mental. I mean, the guy had zero attempts. He did not shoot the ball one time. From the field, from the free throw line, in the fourth quarter last night. He didn't shoot. Didn't even bother to shoot. That's extremely disrespectful and repugnant. You know? That's him choosing not to shoot. That's pathetic, dude. Childish. Childish. Not to mention, he has an outing like this after another one of his adorable little monologues. I don't know if it was on social media. I don't really care. But, you know, apparently he wrote something again to the fans saying how he wants to be here. He wants to give New York a title. Blah, blah, blah. It's just the usual talk. You know, talk is cheap, though. Brendan Brown was was bringing it up, and he's an excellent analyst. I would like to have him on more uh, on MSG, but he he was saying the same thing. And he and, and to to respond to that with an effort like that is disgusting. His body language is is continuing to just say it all. It's abysmal. It's very telling on and off the court. We see him time again, time and time again. Now isolating himself from the team on the bench in the huddle. There's, there's snapshots and video clips of it in multiple games now. There was that play from last night where everybody was talking about. I didn't see it at the time. I didn't even notice. But after the game, I saw the clip and I'm like, wow, that's telling. I was just checked out. I didn't notice it live. But apparently, well, no, I'll, you know what? I have it here. I'm not lying to you. Let's see if I can get it up. Here it is. Right here. Right there. Keep playing it for you. Staring right at Obi. Now, if you're listening to the podcast, I'll explain what I just showed. Obi is down on the floor, under the rim there. Randall clearly sees him, staring right at him for a couple of seconds. Refuses to pick him up, turns his back. And you know, if you know anything about basketball, if you'd even played a game of rec ball, one game of rec ball in elementary school... One of the first things they teach you. That's a cardinal sin, what Randall just said. One of the first things they will teach you is you sprint. No matter where you are on the floor, if you see your teammate fall and he saw him, you sprint to help your fallen teammate and you help him up. That is one of the things they teach you from the get-go. So I don't want to hear jack from any apologist out there. That's nothing that you can get away with. That is absolutely, simply egregious. That That is the first thing they teach you in youth basketball. Elementary school, I learned that shit. Your teammate falls down, you sprint to help him up. You do not turn your back, stare at him, 
and walk away. That's not what you do. That's not what a leader does. So that, that, that just caught me completely off guard. For as repugnant and repulsive as this guy has been as a leader this year, that was even shocking. Very appalling to me. To see that happen. So it's just leadership. It's simple leadership stuff, man. That's why this guy has got to go. He's obviously trying to get traded too. Somebody hurt his feelings in the Miami Heat game. I saw. And then that fan had to be removed from the game. Because he was lightly heckling Julius. I mean, come on. So if you're Thibodeau and you see in this, just do the guy a damn favor and sit him down. There's no benefit in letting him humiliate himself, the organization, and the fans if he's going to continue to directly disrespect them on the court. Do literally nothing on the court for 40 minutes a night. Sit him down. I mean, I can see it. We can all see it at this point. Right? He's going to ask out eventually, I believe. It might not be at the deadline in a couple of days, but when things are quieter, maybe in the summer, it's the off season. he's not got the cameras on him, I can definitely see him asking out. He's definitely going to ask out. Because right now, what we're seeing, basically he's doing it without saying it. The tea leaves are there with the body language and all of this stuff with the media, the fans, the everything. It's, it's all there. He's going to ask out at some point. Whether that be literally saying it, asking out, or making, forcing the Knicks to make that decision because he's been so egregious. It's going to happen. It's, it's not going to end pot. I could tell you this, this relationship is going to continue to get more toxic, if anything. I was having a little fun looking at the season numbers last night. His shooting stats, Julius, compared to Giannis, who's not a shooter. Giannis is 35% on his threes this year. And he's taking 1.5 per game. He's being smart with it. Julius is launching 5.4 per game per game. And he's 31%. Those attempts say a lot. Giannis, 38% on his mid-range, 3.1 attempts. Randall is 33% on four attempts a game. So a guy like Giannis, who's known as a poor shooter, is having a better year shooting. But he's also being smart with how many jumpers he takes. That's it. I just wish Randall was a little more sophisticated with the ball. You know, he would attack more like, like Giannis does. Especially with all these mismatches he gets. I don't remember exactly, but there was that possession, I think, in the second half. Um, I think I brought this up, actually, a couple minutes ago, where he, he got the ball in the half court and he sprinted towards the rim. I just wish we saw that more. Hopefully. You know, hopefully they can find a partner by February 10th. If they do, I'd get my license and drive him to the airport myself. But, I mean, it's... it's I don't see it. If anything, it's going to be a small market team. You know, any like I said, any big market GM seeing how Julius is handling this whole thing is not going to want him. Uh, I, I think a small market team sees the talent, they see the 2010-5 numbers, and they think he can fit into a system, you know, as the number two, number three. And maybe he can, right? But it's just not going to happen here. So I just don't, I, I don't understand why Thibodeau is continuing to try and force this on us all here. Um, Quickly just got 11 minutes last night for... For Summers, I didn't think he was that bad to warrant not seeing much action at all. You know, I thought as wildly inconsistent as he can be offensively, I thought he's been a solid playmaker for this team in January. 
He was averaging four assists this month, um, and he had four games in a row with five-plus assists. Didn't really get a chance to be that guy last night. Maybe it was the decision-making, you know, was not as fast. I know he missed some rotations defensively last night, but that was, you know, when he was switching. But that was more, I think that's more the scheme. Tibbs' defensive scheme is just not clicking this year. Everybody's so far from their man. So much of the time, you see guys so far off their assignments, cheating middle or overhelping. It's weird. It's, it's, I don't like it. It's almost like a zone without being a zone. Quasi zone. Maybe it was that quick triggered three. Because that's actually when he was... I have to look back. I don't know. The Bucks were on a run and quickly launches like a heat check three. And I think that's when Thibodeau went back to Kemba. And I don't think you saw Emmanuel for the rest of the game. I don't know. I got to look back. But I would have liked to see more of him. Uh, I would have liked to see more of that Fournier-Grimes combination on the wings. You know? Two of the best floor spacers on the team statistically. You know, Grimes leads the team 40% shooting. And, and I think Burks and Fournier right behind him. Now, Fournier, I know he sucked this year. But he could still shoot. You know, it's just... It, it's ridiculously inconsistent for a guy making $73 million, But he can shoot. And last night, he was shooting. He scored 25 points. You know? He led the starters. Grimes led the bench. So, I felt they should have been out there more. Together. And Grimes is always, what I love about him is, is the defense, of course. Um, but he's always ready to shoot. You know, he frees himself open off the ball so quickly and free and, and fast. And he gets his feet set right away. And as soon as he catches that, he's firing it. He's firing it. You got to love that about the kid. You got to love that. It was good that we saw some more Cam Reddish minutes. Cam Reddish was outstanding in zero minutes last night. Practice, practicing his layup form from the bench. Yeah. I don't know, man. So he's been healthy for five games now. Um, but all he's had was, was a couple of possessions last Sunday and then 10 minutes of garbage time play the other day. So what's, what's really the plan here with this kid? I understand that it's only five games. I understand the news of the Knicks, you know, trying to move all their vets might be to clear some time for someone like him. But if we're looking at it in that aspect, where, you know, from the organization's point of view, where they're still trying to compete, they're still just one game out of the plan statistically, they still think they have a shot at making it. And that's that's their idea here. They still want to compete. They're letting you know this. So if we're looking at it from that point of view... Where's the excuse to not play the kid? Because Burks, outside of last night, has been awful for about a month now. Fournier has continued to be inconsistent all season long. Kemba is a defensive liability who has to go off offensively to make positive impact, and that does not happen nearly enough. So so you're telling me there's absolutely zero room for Cam Reddish out there? And nobody's saying the veterans have to play zero minutes per game and... and uh, but I'm just saying, shave a few minutes off. Shave a few minutes off from, from some of these guards. And give Cam Reddish at least 7 to 10 minutes in the meantime before you move these guys out of here. And who's to say all these veterans are going to be gone after Feb 10th? I mean, I know we see the rumors. You know? But th there's no guarantee. 
You know, even Kevin Knox is playing over there. I was looking at his numbers last night. He's not playing a lot, but he's averaging seven, eight minutes. He, he had five games over there where he's played, and a couple of them, he, he's gotten a decent look, double-figure minutes. I mean, he's getting some time out there. Different situation? Sure, he's going to be a free agent, yada, yada. But remember, we have to be careful here. I mean, this is a kid, Cam Reddish, who asked out of Atlanta. He went to the front office and asked to be traded because he wasn't getting enough playing time. Averaging 23 minutes a game, he went out. So we got to be careful. You know, even if the organization was with the rest of the Nick fan base where we don't see this team as a playoff team, we don't see them doing anything, and a lot of us just want to scrap it and sell off and let the youth play, even if that's the case, even if the organization agrees with the Knicks fans and that's the the uh, direction they want to head in, why isn't he out there? So it's like there's, there's no win-win for the organization. There's no win. The only situation where Cam should not be on the floor is if Fournier, Burks, Kemba, etc. are all on fire helping the Knicks in this playoff push. But they aren't. None of them are on fire right now. The only thing keeping him from playing is probably business, politics, the contracts that some of these guys are being paid. Burks just got a new deal. Fournier on the $73 million for four years. That's probably it. And that's absolutely disgusting that, that it has to be like that. I, I do give credit to Thibodeau for finally giving us more of that Obi-Randall combo. You know, he, at least he tried it. Noel was kind of having issues defending Giannis. So Obi came in and played some four while Randall defended Giannis at the five. And he also put Grimes, Obi in there with Kemba Fournier Mitch. So that was nice to see. It was a different look. We don't see that often. So he made some, but it just continues to be minimal or no adjustments at all. You know, and plus that Obi Randall combination, that 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 Obi Randall lineup combo was just way too late in the game by then. So, <laughs> so it's like okay, cool. So it's bad. The Knicks are looking rough. Um, hey, Kenny Payne, Kenny Payne might even leave us now and take that Louisville job. So it's Woodson last year. And Kenny Payne this year. So the only bright spot right now, I would say, is RJ Barrett. He's balling out. Had another good one last night. He scored 23 points, four boards, three assists. He did not shoot well. He was only six for 20, but he still managed to get on the board because he was getting to the line and hitting his free throws. Eight for 10. It's good to see the eight for 10 there. And also got a few three point looks to drop. Does have to start finishing better though. He's gotta he's gotta improve his finishing. Um obviously he's right hand and it's a lot of decision making on the fly sometimes and I don't always love those tough floaters he takes when he picks up his dribble. But hey, you got you gotta keep working and it's a good positive that he's still scoring these points, even on nights where he's struggling. You know Um RJ Barrett just a few weeks, months ago these are seven-point outings. You know, if he's shooting 30% from the floor, he's not scoring 23. He's scoring seven points. But now he's remaining aggressive, and he keeps attacking. Keeps attacking the defense. So that's the positive. I guess is that R.J. Barrett, during all this mess, is at least hopefully growing. I don't want to say he's growing yet, because I, I we've seen it before. But 
at least he's playing competitive ball and he's he's uh, one of the few bright spots. You just got to give the keys to him, man. But I don't know if that's going to happen with Julius here. So that's it, guys. That's all. Um, we want to... Um, I want to get to the next part of this episode where, again, I'm going to have a, a guest or two on uh, where we're talking UFC. First, I'm going to head to break. When we return from break, we'll finish this part of the episode off with the NYY, NYK question of the day. And from there, we'll get to the second half of the episode. Stay with us. Hey guys, I hope you're enjoying this episode. But first, I also want to let you know, I have another blog. The blog I'm writing for is on ultimatesportsnetworks.com, titled The Bomber Bocker Blog. If you want to go subscribe to this blog, you should do so using my promo code 6A2. 841-ERJC. Using that, you'd get a discount $7.99 a month to get the best Knicks and Yankees opinionated content around. Once again, guys, the Bomber Bocker blog on UltimateSportsNetworks.com using promo code 6A2841-ERJC, $7.99 a month. So for this episode, our NYY, NYK, MMA question of the day for episode 315. The Knicks and Bucks have only faced each other one time in a playoff series. What year was that series? Which round was that series? And who won that series? So it's a, it's a three-part question. Alright, once again, the Knicks and Bucks have only faced each other in a playoff series once. What year was that series? Which round? And who won? Let me know the answer, whether that's on Facebook or Instagram. You can comment the answer once I publish one of the promo clips to this episode. Or you can just simply DM me the answer and I'll give you a shout out in the next episode. Thanks for tuning in, guys. I appreciate that. But let's, uh, let's get to the second half of the show. We'll head to one more break. When we get back, you'll be listening or watching the second half of this show where uh, I'm going to have a guest or two on where we're talking about some UFC. All right. Thanks for tuning in, guys. And I'll see you next time. All right. Hope you enjoy the second half. Episode 315. Let's get to it. Ciao. A custom wall tapestry is a surefire way to uplift any room's aesthetics with a personal touch. This 100% polyester wall tapestry comes with hemmed edges for extra durability while its mildew and water resistant properties ensure years worth of decorating bliss. The advanced tapestry printing techniques guarantee crisp detail even for the craziest of designs in any of the multiple size choices. You can select a size of 26 by 36 inches, 51 by 60, 68 by 80, and 88 by 104. These wall tapestries usually ship 
in 7 to 10 business days. And the price ranges from $24.99 to $69.99, all dependent on the size you select. The Bomber Bocker Blog wall tapestries come in orange, gray, and black. But most importantly, be sure when purchasing a wall tapestry for the Bomber Bocker Blog that you use promo code 6A2841 E R J C 6A2841 E R J C Just go to ultimatesportsnetworks.com and click on the shop MVP tab searching the Bomber Bocker blog and there you have it Whoa, 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 yeah. whoa. What up? Whoa. <clears throat> Robert. Kevin. Oh, you got me all hot and bothered. Oh yeah. Mm. Um we got we got little boy in here too. Who's that? Little Ferd. Where's he at? I'm gonna invite him right now. Mm, you better tell uh, tell him the ground rules. <laughs> he knows that he should know by now. Shit. Tell him the ground rules there, bubble. <laughs> I let you down. I was not able to watch the fights. It's all right. We'll talk about the up. We have a lot to talk about with the upcoming ones. So Let me see. Did Hadolfo Vieira win? I have no idea. I'm going to look. I didn't see him on that card. Are you sure? He was on the prelim prelims. I was watching the prelims. We know we got like a foot of snow up here now. Oh, good gosh. That's disgusting. Cheeky. Um, what in the heck? Yeah. UFC 270. Yeah, he wasn't, he wasn't on. I told you. Early I prelims. Nope, not early prelims. Prelims. Did they take him off? Did he get injured? Maybe. Look. Uh, hmm. Man. Is that your boy or something? I don't know him, but I followed him in jujitsu. Yeah, I didn't yeah, see him. One second. What happened? Dude, I sent you the link to the thing. You didn't watch it? I forgot. No, they took it off, man. Oh, really? Yeah. Come I went down on. To my friend. Why? Mm. Right, let me go see. back to the UFC. You like it, Mike? No, I do not like you. I just thought you were cool and nothing. Ning ning. Vince, what's upcoming? Ooh, Strickland, huh? Yeah, I want to see that one. Did you Which see a video of him talking shit during a fight? Yeah, I did. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, is Rock Sean Strickland? Is he the one? Hold on. I think I saw a video of him floating around the internet. Uh, yeah, he's like kind of a controversial guy. Let me see here. Uh, was it from this? Hmm. 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 
Oh yeah. Oh yeah. So Sean Sean Strickland was grappling yeah. uh a jujitsu black belt. Yeah. And he got caught in a tight arm lock and he got butt hurt and slapped him in the face. <laughs> oh yeah. shit. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And like connecting. Michael. I'm pissed off right now. Hi Mike. What's going on, buddy? How you doing, man? Yeah, how am I doing? It's cold as shit here. Yeah, we got like a bunch of snow here. Yeah, uh, we got a dusting, but it's enough to. It's been yeah. uh, six, 16 degrees last night. Oh, shit. And Dang. yeah, the high today was 27. What's going on, Aunt? Michael. Oh, Get me all hot and bothered now. Oh, I'll put it in my booty hole. Whoa. <laughs> Uh, Mike, I'm just you. ready for this Colby Covington fight, bro. That's it. That's yep. gonna be yep. March. It's right around oh. the corner, dude. It's almost yeah. a month away. Oh, I can't wait. Yeah, and then you got Adesanya Whitaker, which I think a couple weeks, man. right? Yeah. Yeah. Oh my god, that's gonna be good because that's a good card. I think uh, Derek Lewis is on that one. Tuivasa, yep. Cannoneer, Brunson. That's another fight on that same card. Is he? Is he? Oh man, I don't see him losing. Nobody's nobody's shown me that they could beat Adesanya yet. So yeah, I mean, other than you know when he went up that weight class, but uh, yeah, I mean that was that was that's almost to be expected. Yeah, (laughs) who was was the closest to beating him? Only one dude beat him. It was the Uh, big Polish motherfucker, John Blachowicz. Yeah. Oh, Derek Lewis is on that card, bro. Yeah. Yeah, Derek Lewis. Oh man, and Brunson. That's a good card, dude. Yeah. It's a couple oh, weeks yeah. too. It's so it's, it's coming up. Oh man, I'm gonna have to watch it. You're gonna have to send me that link. I'll send you the same. Oh, link. Alex Perez is fighting on the uh, prelims. So, Mike, you said your I don't remember what you said. Did your shit work last weekend? Uh, it didn't at first. They kept shutting it down, and then. Um, but you saw the fight. I went to crack. Yeah. Oh yeah, I was able to get it working after the second fight, so I saw the last like four. So the the. The Bobby, I'm uh, the Bob Brandon Marino fight. I didn't agree now, with it. I so you, I, did you think it was a robbery though, or do you just think it was? I, I think it, it, it the best case should have been a draw again. Um, but I don't think so. Here's the thing, and I've watched it in past championship fights. You know, the champion will get beat up quite a bit, but there's no you don't you've got to show the judges that you can beat the champion, actually beat them, not just touch them as much as they touch you. Yeah. And I've, I've watched fights before where they didn't crown a new champion because they're, they're you can't, they didn't prove they could beat them. Uh, I can't remember GSP the fight. And, um, but, um, but yeah, I, I didn't agree with it. I don't think he showed that he could actually beat Moreno, um, <clears> especially the, the history. I mean, Moreno was, 
he's had his number every time and he's gotten better every time. I mean, Figueredo definitely looked better than than when he was supposedly sick the last fight, but I don't think he deserved the, the belt. It was a, it was a close one. It was really technical. Uh, it's definitely yeah. one that I think we're going to see again. There might this yeah. might be the first time. Oh yeah, or they've already fight. called the fourth one. Yeah, this yeah. is going to be a four fight series for the first time. Um, but he did. I mean, he did get dropped a couple of times. But I, I do think that Brandon also had some good moments in that fight. Um, they were trading punches for most of the most of the thing. I, I just think it came down to the later rounds, maybe where Marino kind of ran out of gas. But I don't know. You know, I think it could have won either way. I really don't think it was that big of a. I don't know. A lot of people think it was just a. They're just calling it a straight up robbery. I just think it was a close fight. I don't know. I, I, I th- like I said, I think I think I would have been happy with a second draw because honestly. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't as epic per se as the first draw. I mean, that was that. That's like the fight of the century. Yeah. But uh, still, I, I I still did not see enough from Figueredo to deserve like to say he beat the champion. I, I think he uh, he he stumbled him a few times. He dazed him a few times, but I don't I don't think he showed a couple takedowns. One hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, I don't know. I, yeah. I'm not saying he was 100% robbed. I think it was, I mean, honestly, 51-49. I mean, that's as as close as that fight was. It was close. And uh, it was better than the, it was a much more entertaining fight, I think, than a lot of people said, than the main, other than the main event, which wasn't that good. Um, I mean, I thought it was, I mean, I didn't, I know a lot of people expected the main event to be a slugfest, but I thought it was pretty interesting to see two big ass dudes go grapple for a lot of it. So honestly, as a fan, it was disappointing, but from a technical, like you say, technical standpoint, it was a good fight. I mean, he did exactly what he had to do to win. And that's the whole, that's the name of the game. Yeah. I see the whole thing with Dana White after he wouldn't put the belt on him. And he didn't go to the press conference either. Because of the ref's decision? No, just, he doesn't get along with the, the whole contract thing. Nagano, yeah. yeah. Oh, with Marino? With uh, no, Nagano. Yeah. Oh, Nagano. He doesn't like Nagano? No, they're not. They're they're fighting over a contract dispute. It's it's a big thing. Oh, wow. Um, He might just go to boxing once he gets the surgery. I don't know. But, yeah, he wasn't there in the uh, to put the belt on him, and then he wasn't there in the press conference. Nagano might switch to boxing. Yeah, that, that's been a conversation. He's, he's wanting, he's yeah, he's wanting to try out boxing, but of course, in the contract, Dana White doesn't let him do anything but UFC, so he's pissed off about that. Right. Well, he signed the contract. I mean, he can't really get mad. That's what I'm saying. Well, I mean, I, I get it from both perspectives, but you know, honestly, it's nothing different than working at McDonald's, and you know, they won't let you work at Burger King. It's a conflict of interest. <laughs> so, I, I mean, I I do get it. And then, of course, in the fighting world, I mean, if he gets hurt in boxing, you know, I mean, they're paying him. A, I mean, they're paying him a lot of money, whether he wants to admit it or not. You know, it's just like any pro sports player. You know, like I think a lot of NBA players, they don't let them go like play in rec leagues and stuff because if they get hurt, there's thirty million dollars out the window. They've got to pay them to sit because they did something stupid. I think. Um, I want to say back when Ben Roethlisberger, remember when he had that uh, motorcycle wreck and yes. he almost ended his career? Yes. I want to say they, they threatened to release him and not pay him for that. 
because he was being stupid. And I mean, I know it's not law up there to drive without a helmet, but that you have to have a helmet. But, you know, I think they even thought about doing something to him. So I get it, you know. Yeah. So Dana White <laughs> doesn't put the belt on him, doesn't go to the press conference all because of this contract thing. Well, he, he this is not his first temper tantrum, dude. No, no. I mean, I, I still like him as as the uh, president of the promotion. I still think he does a good job. I like him as a matchmaker. He gives the yeah. fans what they want. I mean, he's sure. you look at all the other commissioners in sports, dude. It's, he's like a god compared to some of them. I mean, the NFL, yeah. um, the NFL competition trash, he's got is, is silver in the NBA, but yeah, bro. but I mean, he's I think he's fine as a president i mean there are some things there are the contract things he doesn't pay his fighters as much as he should but yeah i do does agree a good that, job yeah. putting together matchups like anthony said and he's any he, any he, i don't agree with some of his favorites either even though i like one of them mcgregor you know yeah. i do like him but i don't agree with the favorites he plays and somebody can not fight for three years and have an instant title shot john well, jones the same way i, I don't know if <laughs> i agree and i like both of those guys but the, I good, don't agree. the good thing is that Nobody's going to be able to riot at least yet because he officially put together the uh, Charles Oliveira and uh, Justin Gaethje fight. So Connor is not yeah. getting that fight. So that's, that's going to be an interesting fight too. Yeah, that's in May, the two seventy four card. And I'm going for. I, I'm not a big Gaethje fan, but I'd rather him win than Oliveira. I don't like. Well, him. you know, just something about him. I don't know. <laughs> a lot of people question, you know, because Justin's ability to fight with grapplers. Um, yep. and, but then you have to look at Oliveira. You know, he's fighting a violent striker in Justin. So exactly, I don't know. I think I think Gaethje is going to overwhelm him on the feet, and if he can at least stop the takedowns, he has a good shot. Yep. If he has good defense, that's going to be the key. Exactly. Um, let's talk Colby and Masvidal because I'm watching that for sure. Mm. Yeah, dude. That's I think uh, Colby my money's is going to win Covington. this. I yeah. think Colby's going to win this. That, yeah, my money's on him. If if his if his trash talk is true, yeah, because Colby Colby multiple times has talked about how he would work Masvidal in training, and yeah, and I think it's real. Well, too. I mean, but how, trash how long ago was that though? You know, I mean, how I mean that was what five, six, seven years ago. I mean, Masvidal has come a long way. Oh, absolutely. Since, since then, but I, I still think Covington, man, he has some he has some power. It's not not um uh Usman power, but he's got some power. He's very well rounded. He has great cardio, great wrestling, yeah, good hands, good chin. Yeah, he's I mean, he's just gonna be a hard fight for anyone. Oh yeah. You um yeah, I think I think he if, if Usman wasn't around in the picture in the UFC, I think Covington would actually be the champion right now. Oh, you know, yeah. I think he would he would be holding the belt, honestly. That's, his own, that's the only thing keeping him. If he wins this one, do you think he gets another shot at Usman? Oh, yeah. I think he should. Oh, I yeah, think, yeah he I think should. he should, too. Yeah, I think so. But here's the only thing, like, I don't know. At the same time, you don't really see a trilogy unless it's one and one. Yeah. 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 I mean, a lot of, a lot of the time. Sometimes, you but win. but the thing with the trilogy, I mean, it's not just because it's a trilogy though. It's it's if you're number one contender and and that person person's a champion still. I mean, that's almost the fight to make, honestly, because you're still number one. Yeah, who else is gonna fight Usman? Yeah. Let's be honest. 
Gilbert Burns and, and I know Hamza. I know Shabaya. they're trying to. I think yeah. I heard a talk about maybe Masvidal getting another shot. Well, hey, you got beat B- Covington. Yeah, you get there. He's got to win, dude. He's lost like three in a row yeah. now. Um, yeah, and I don't know. Did they fight twice? He fought Uz- what? Usman twice. Both of them fought Usman in their last two fights, I believe. Okay. Yeah. Well, yeah, then, they're all yeah, three. I say, to... yeah, give the winner. Yeah. But, um, do you think like, got the best shot, man. Do you think Kobe and Jorge's shit talk is like, do you think if you could put a number on it, do you think it's all real or do you think some of it is to promote it? Like, if no, think... I think it's, I think it's all real. Yeah. yeah I they, think, they had a I think Kobe's side is to promote it, but I think Masvidal is 100%. Yeah. You know, because Colby trash talks everyone for that's his character. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. But Masvidal genuine, genuinely like does not like him. Now there was um, I, I wish that was the one we got on Ultimate Fighter. That would have been legit. Dude, yes, bro. But but I was listening to Rogan's podcast and he was talking with uh, Juliana Pena. And she was saying how she wants to go back at it sometime in May with Amanda and that she would mm. like to be on the ultimate fighter with Amanda. I think that would also be a good Ooh. season right yeah. there. Mm-hmm. Do I they even do that. ultimate fighter anymore? What's that? Yeah, they still do. They do? Yeah, they, they just had one with uh, Brian Ortega a couple of months ago. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Uh, Craig Jones was a uh, grappling coach on that. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah, so I, I would like to see that. If we're not going to get the Kobe one, I think the Amanda Nunez and uh, Juliana Pena will make a really entertaining season for sure. Oh, yeah. Um, and I think, I don't know, what else is coming up? It's, it's oh, that I was listening to Dana White. He was in, a, in an interview with uh, Laura Sanko, and they were talking about he's setting up Tony Ferguson to go up against Michael Chandler now, too. For a light one. Dude, I don't want to see Tony take too many Dude, more hits to his head, bro. He's taking so much he's, shit. He's on his way out, man. Yeah. And I love Tony, dude. Nate and Tony. Dude, Michael Chandler hit someone good time, he's done. Michael Chandler's <laughs> a dog, bro. He is a dog, yeah. And we never got the Ferguson-Khabib fight. That should have happened. There's a lot of people want who want him with uh, – a lot of different fighters. Uh, I know Nate Nate Diaz. I don't want to see. I, I have no <laughs> two, interest two guys in watching who... any Diaz fight ever again, bro. <laughs> I'm I mean, with you. Taking so much shit. That dude. that that card has played. It's it's it, it's played. Everybody. Out. <laughs> I, just, I think he's done. I think he's got one more fight, and I think he should just call. Nah, you, yeah, yeah, you you just yeah. have to accept the new generation now, man. Like, yeah, dude. But like I said, his his brother Nate, man, that guy needs to retire today. Nate, and Nick, to be honest, Nate, Nick hasn't fought in years. That that hey, one fight with just... Waller was it. Yeah, it's terrible. I don't, terrible. I don't have any desire to watch them fight. It sucks because nope. I didn't get to see them in their prime. I didn't watch as much. Yeah, I mean they were fun to watch back then. I mean, but the best Diaz fight I ever saw was when he beat McGregor the first time. When yeah, McGregor was, was on his high horse, bro. Yeah. yeah. Oh my gosh! Was I was at Hooters, man. I was screaming. <laughs> yeah, yo. Um, oh, there's there's the, what's his name's Glover Teixeira's fighting Jerry. I think on that that's going to be on that same card with Oliveira and Geishi. I think. 
Yeah, yeah sure. Uh, Forty-year-old champion, dude. Yeah, yeah, if he loses, I think he'll retire though. <laughs> you guys see uh, John Jones yeah. uh, jawing off yeah. at Naganu and all them. Yeah, that's happening. That's happening. Yep, I'm telling you, that's gonna happen. I've lost so much respect for John Jones, man. He used to be one of my favorite fighters. Yeah. Same here. Same here. He's just he's too much of an idiot now. Yeah. I don't know, man. I think he's. I have a feeling they're going to find a way to get him one more something. It might be this year too. Yeah, he hasn't fought a heavyweight yet. Yeah, he wants Nagano. He wants Francis. So Nagano said he's not going to fight. Know. I don't know about that, man. I that think. Dude's... I think. I think... <laughs> I think Jones. I don't know. Jones is definitely more technical. He's yeah, just, he's technical, but two he years ain't gonna be able to take a punch from Nagano unless, especially when and, and he's good. Oh, he took one from Cormier. Yeah, but that's yeah, it ain't Cormier ain't Nagano, man. Well, that guy, I was watching him against Gon, and Gon's a big guy, and Nagano looked like the Hulk compared to Cyril Gon. I was, in, I mean, I was shocked. It, and you imagine if they look that big on TV, imagine how big Nagano really is in real life. Who would you put your money on? Right now in the oh, Francis. You put Francis. I'm talking about Nagano against John Jones. Yeah, I'll pick Jones. It's, it's okay, been so long so for him, dude. Here's the thing. Nagano is not going to try that same crap grappling with Jones because Jones can grapple. So it's going to have to be a stand-up fight. But I think if Nagano touches him, dude, I, he might be able to take one or two, but he ain't going to take that third one. I really don't think so. I think Jones takes him down. This is a shot. But we, we haven't even seen Nagano get dazed yet. I mean, he's been hit. I, I see Jones taking him down and grinding him on the ground, to be honest with you. You think he'll submit him? I could see him submitting him. Hmm. He ain't going to knock him out, though. I don't think. If he's triggered. I just want to see the, I just want to see John Jones fight, man. Yeah, dude, I wish I could see it. I mean, I don't, I don't upset him. Year <laughs> years are ticking away. I mean, it's gonna get to a point where he's just done. It could also be a good thing for him. He hasn't been hit in a while. Yeah, yeah. The yeah. closest when he fought that Muay Thai fighter, that was pretty. He took a lot of damage that fight. I forgot to bring up the uh, 273 card, which there's a pretty good – that's a pretty good card, too. I think it's uh, Volkanovski, and then he's going up against Korean Zombie. Um, really? Yeah, that'd be good. And then we got the uh, – Jan and then Aljo are fighting again on that same card. They're also targeting Hamzat Jemaev and Gilbert Burns for that card, too. Oh, yeah, that's going to be dope. That's Gilbert Burns yeah, is the dog, man. That's going to be a really good, good card. card. That's coming up in April. So, yeah, man. They're 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 I starting say, the year off right. Oh yeah, I still say uh, Pieter Jan. He'll I think he'll win now. That dude's one of the best strikers I've seen. He is he's he's quick. He's so tactical. Very very. Yeah. Yep. I don't think I don't. I mean, he's, dude, what's his name? Uh, Aljo keeps pushing this shit back too. Yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, he wants to prepare, 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 but eventually you're going to have to fight him dude, he was at some point. Before he, go, he went down, dude. He was losing yeah. that fight for sure. Oh, yeah. All right. Well, thanks for coming on, guys.
appreciate it. <laughs> you're all right. Oh man, I want to get Dan on here. I want to get Dan. The day you get Dan on here, bro. Anthony, did you watch that video he sent to you? Yes, I did. I was confused. What was it? Because I'm not clicking on that. I'm not clicking. He sent me a video, and (laughs) it's just a video of some guy talking weird, bro. Was it a video of him? It looked like no. He said somebody sent him that video. Looked like it was him in the thumbnail. You know what? <laughs> Some random number texted him and he like responded like you've just been reported to like I don't know the CIA or something. I forgot what he said. He's always on that shit. Yeah, dude. You remember when he tried it with us? He tried to get you, me, and Mike in trouble once. Federal yeah. warrants. Yeah. Oh man, nothing beats the Dr. Dan, bro. Yeah, that was a good day. That was a good day. <laughs> All right, guys. Appreciate it. Peace out. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. All right, guys. So I hope you enjoyed that episode. Uh, Once again, this was episode 315. Went over the Knicks in the first, well, half and then some. First 40 minutes or so, we talked Knicks, Bucks, and recap that game, broke everything down. <clears throat> and then, as you guys just heard, eh, maybe watched, we uh, you know, had a nice conversation with Mike and Anthony on the UFC. Talked about the 270 card this past weekend, or, or last weekend, rather, a week ago. And then we also talked about... Uh, the number of upcoming events that should be legit, man. It's going to be interesting in the UFC. Um, they are doing some crazy things. It's, I'm very happy that I am uh, a fan of the MMA now. <laughs> a fan of the UFC, rather, or just an MMA fan in general. I don't watch a ton of uh, other promotions. I, I should check out Jorge Masvidal's uh, Fight Club and, and uh, Eagle FC from, from Habib's camp. Um, but I don't know, maybe I should. I don't even watch Bellator, to be honest with you. There are a lot of them, but the, the UFC is definitely the best MMA promotion there is right now. It's on fire, and it's only going to get better. So I hope you enjoyed the episode. Hope you enjoyed a little UFC talk, and maybe you stayed for the whole thing. Uh, maybe you just checked out the next episode, or the next part of this episode, and now you're coming back somehow. <laughs> I don't freaking know. But I hope you enjoyed whatever you did listen to, watched. And I'll see you in the next episode, guys. All right. Ciao. This podcast is brought to you by Anchor. It's the best way to make a podcast. Download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm.